Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, when we talk about the Oscars on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Little do people know, uh, one of us has a pretty significant relationship with a Oscars expert. It's true. Uh, Bradley, would you like to introduce our next guest? Yes, Jamie, my partner. Hi. <laughs> how excited are you, Jamie? Um, who will uh, tell you about more in just a moment? Jamie, how excited were you to come in on Jonas Brothers? I was just gonna say that, but I didn't know if I could. Oh, honey, you can say whatever <laughs> you, can you say want. Whatever you want. You listen uh, to the show. He's a, I was like, how serendipitous! I know, that's right? Just for you. I mean, the only thing better could of, have been none Madonna. of my movies. None of my movies won. I might as well get a good intro. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. So for those of you who don't know, and why would you unless you listen to the show, Jamie watches every single nominated film or tries to every year before the Academy Awards. And when I say every, somebody did this last year, they were like, oh, I watched all of them. And I was like, oh, no, you you didn't. And what they meant was the best picture nominated films. Mm -hmm. Jamie watches all of the nominated films. So like the animated editing. shorts that nobody has seen. Yeah, he's seen the shorts. Mm-hmm. So how many films did you watch uh, this time around? I think 52. And how many? So you th- you I, said you saw all but one, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, one of the um, nominees for the foreign language film is, uh, isn't released here yet. It's, it's a Polish film. I mean, if you really were committed, you would have grabbed a ticket to Poland, but whatever, that's fine. Next year. I'm sorry. I should not Fair do point. that because he'll do it. No, he... <laughs> so give people an idea because I know how much it, it uh, messes with our family life. <laughs> no, but it's a huge commitment. I no, think everybody he... <laughs> can imagine when you hear that, just, we all can imagine what a commitment that is. Yeah, no, I get I get all sorts of time alone with the dog. So tell people like what you actually do to accomplish this feat. Well, I start during the Golden Globe season and start just like picking the the big nominees off my list then. Um and so then when the Oscar nominations are announced, it's not quite as dramatic. Yeah, you Yeah, because do... you've already done your pre work. Yeah, yeah. And then how do, because people might not know, you know, it's not like you see that they're playing one of the shorts at some theater and so you pick up a ticket. There are theaters that actually play the animated shorts. So it's not like you're going to the theater five different times 
You can right, knock right, some right. out in one so sitting. All the shorts. Um, so does uh, documentary shorts, and then the Lagoon does the live action shorts as well as the animated shorts. Okay. So they basically make uh, a movie length, kind of a feature film length movie out of combining all the art films together. Okay. And then I bet that when you go to those uh, special presentations, you see some of the same people every time that are as committed as you are. I think about that every time. <laughs> that the only people in this room are geeks like me. I love exactly. it. I totally love yeah. it. So now we have to know, um, Jamie, um, how many, because after you see them all, you then create a list of your predictions. <laughs> How many of your predictions did you get correct? And are you like in a wind tunnel right now? What are you doing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in my car. The windows are not down. So I, <laughs> um, so I did not have a very successful year. I barely got more right than I got wrong. Okay, so what are the things that that you think that we should because you're like us you're like a normal human person you're not um you're not a director you're not an actor you're not you know a pro you're oh this is your hobby i'm not paul mcguire grimes yes exactly (laughs) you're like a notch down so what what are what do you think we absolutely need to see because many of us have not seen all of the Best Picture nominees, even. So what are the movies, in your opinion, we need to see? So the movie that, like, captured my heart that I was pulling for the whole night was Jojo Rabbit. Mm. I loved it so much. But one of the things I love about the season is that I don't do any research on what the movie is about. Mm. I just walk in and the movie starts. I don't know who's in it, you know, unless it's like a highly promoted movie that I, that you see everywhere. But Jojo Rabbit, I had no idea what it was about. And it was, it's just insanely inappropriate and, and not dark, but very twisted sense of humor type of movie. You, yeah, you kind of get that impression when you see uh, the director. What's his name? Um, Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi. He is, he's a quirky gentleman. Um, And he plays in the movie. Oh, okay. So we need to see that movie. Um, (laughs) I feel like next year we need to have the Jamie Awards where Jamie just tells us what wins. Yeah, this should win. This should win. What what did, (laughs) did you, what did you want to win for best picture? I wanted 1917 to win Best Picture, and I am not a war movie kind of guy at all, but I thought that movie was crazy incredible from a direction standpoint. And just like I was telling Brad last night, like within the first two minutes of the movie, I'm like, I don't think I can sit through this for two hours. It was so intense. Yeah. And does it hold that intensity the whole time? Yes, the whole time. Okay. I mean, from what I've, everybody who sees that movie heralds it for being so spectacular. Yeah. So I get, I think it is kind of a surprise for many people that it didn't take Best Picture. But also, I don't know about you, Jamie, but I think people are equally excited that Parasite did because of the historical um, significance. significance of that. 
Yeah, I love I, I love the significance of it, but um, Brad will disagree on this because he loved Parasite. I did not love it. I thought it was brilliant and crazy and and so twisted. Like we let we saw it on New Year's Eve and we walked out and and we talked about it for, for a long, long time. Like just how crazy this movie was, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, mean no. I think, again, you know, I just had a special connection to the movie, but I have also not seen the other nominated films, and I feel like you were in a far better place to have feelings about what actually deserved Best Picture, because this is... How many years have you been doing this, by the way? Oh, man, probably 12. Yeah. So I feel like you generally have a really good sense of what you think should win even you know if it doesn't or most of the time i feel like your sense is pretty good yeah what was the year um la la land got beat that was tragic for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) well next year i swear i'm gonna put this in our we have like a little tickler file and i'm gonna put it in there we should have jamie on the Friday before the Oscars to get the Jamies. Oh, yeah. Right? Like so that. we can have you give your pomp and circumstance your own little award show so that we can really no hear. No pressure. That's all. I just but want to know what your picks are. The thing about that is I wait till the last minute. So well, I bang out probably three to five movies the weekend before the Oscars. I mean, he are watched, you serious? You were watching watched, them still right up to Sunday? Did you watch one or two movies on Sunday? One, yeah. One, yeah. Was it like uh, one of the big ones? Like, are you? Yeah, nineteen seventeen. Get out. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for taking time to join us, and we will talk to you again soon. You're the best. It's always fun. Love you guys. Love you too. Uh, That was Bradley's partner, Jamie. I love it when he joins us on the show to talk about his um, Oscar because he's so committed to this. No, he's a Virgo, uh, which might not mean anything to you. But if you have a Virgo in your life, you know what that means. Mm -hmm. And so he is very he loves a list. And then he is so good at like committing and owning and like crossing everything off that list to the point where our relationship, it's like, I'll be like, maybe we could just like hang out. He's like, no, sorry, I got to watch my movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so I'm just going to go sit on the couch mm-hmm. with the dog. Alone. You'll get him back now. Yeah. Now, now it'll be like, get out of my hair. Yeah. See, you just got to, you got to enjoy it while it lasts. Exactly. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. We got to talk about the opening, the uh, Janelle Monet presentation at the beginning of the Oscars last night. I had a, I didn't love it right off the bat. Bradley, you did. But in the Monday morning quarterback, when you realize what was going on, yeah. it's a whole different story. We're going to talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. All right. So last night were the Oscars. What? I know. Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trader. And while the Oscars had no host, the Oscars had a pretty robust opening number, starring but not limited to Janelle Monet. Beep boop bop boop doo. Yes. No, it really was a, a great musical number honoring all sorts of people. But it's one of the many th- parts of the Oscars telecast last night that you might not even realize had all sorts of stuff built in, like meaning, perspective, opinions, attitudes. Like everybody just kind of was like, what's going on right now? Yeah. 
So I have a tendency when I watch art happen in front of me, I, I, I'm not a person who understands immediately what's going on in front of me. I need to sit with it, maybe revisit it. I need to pay closer attention. I wasn't expecting a, a commentary in my Janelle Monet performance last night. And so when you are expecting one thing and you're getting something completely different, it's really easy to just write it off entirely, which is admittedly what I did. But there was a lot more to what was going on. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, I love Janelle Monet and I loved, you know, people dance. It was very sort of Busby Berkeley, like that, you know, people dancing around, kicking and stretching and bright colors and lights moving. And I'm just, you know, I'm all here for any kind of spectacle like that. But then I heard out of the words of her mouth, I'm so proud to stand here as a black queer artist telling stories. Happy Black History Month. I was like, oh, she is doing so much more and we have no idea. Mm -hmm. And then, sure enough, and you don't have to take my word for it, if you just go back, um, the New York Times did a piece on her the musical number, wherein she she honored all sorts of, in addition to black artists, female directors, and some films that hadn't been nominated, she just had all sorts of references happening. And, and sure, like, in the moment, you're like, what? But when you go through and read, then it, then it, I, I kind of appreciated it as this. So once you appreciate what Janelle Monet or what the producers or what the people behind that opening number were doing, you realize like they took the platform that often gets criticized for not addressing or seeing or making visible parts of the industry, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, whether it's black performers, whether it's queer performers, gay performers, however they identify, um, to then see those people owning it or reclaiming it on that platform, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty, you know, subversive thing, right? Absolutely. So I just, I totally want to give her credit for that. And I had not even appreciated the level. I was just like, wow, they got Billy Porter out there flying around with costumes on. And I mean, who doesn't love Billy Porter? Um, Uh, You had a pretty (coughs) catchy sentence in how you described it. Did I? Yeah, it's written on the grid. You can see it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um... (laughs) She used the platform to call out the platform. Mm, no, look up here where it's green. A gay fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how you described it. And yeah. I was like, that is an adequate, the way that, I mean, it literally had all the flair, all the color, all yeah. of the drama, all of the things. Yeah. But what was happening underneath it was. There was so much more. So much more. A lot of people didn't realize. And frankly, I don't care that that's like, if you want to go back and find out more, great. I'm not saying, because if they had stood up there and said, the Oscars traditionally has marginalized this group of mm-hmm. people. We are now going to unmarginalize yeah. them. Or, yeah, make up for that with this. Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Presentation by Janelle Monet. Instead, she just took art and turned it on, it, uh, turned it on its head and there was a, mes- a message should people want to dig in and find the message. Mm-hmm. Um, for most of the people though, they're going to be like, Oh, that was interesting. I don't know. And I saw some of that reaction, right? Where like people were like, what is actually well, happening for right me? Now? I mean, honestly, yeah. I was like, what did I just see? Yeah. And I love Janelle Monet. And so I was surprised that that was my reaction. Um, because to me, without knowing what was actually going on, I was distracted. Yeah. So like my husband was like, why are they wearing midsummer? Like, references because they were wearing the flower crowns yeah and i thought wait i don't feel like that movie is nominated for anything so then i'm now i'm doing research to find out is it nominated for something why are we honoring it right now and i'm not now i'm not paying any more attention to what's happening on the stage by the time i check back in she's lying down (laughs) in the aisle i don't know what's going on yeah right and so some of that, honestly, is uh, the, mm, what's the word? Like, the onus is on me to shut down my computer and just pay attention <laughs> to what's thing. happening. Because you know you'll get the analysis later, right? Exactly. Um, but I didn't do that. I was trying to come up with some sort of clever reason why we were watching what we were watching so yeah. that I could be informed because I didn't feel informed. But the truth is, if I would have just sat there and appreciated what, what was being shown to me, I might have caught some of the references that I wasn't catching because I was Googling around what's going on, what the heck is going on. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I, I, I appreciated that she took this moment and um, gave us more to think about because so often People get up there like actors and we're going to talk about some speeches and stuff, but actors will just get up and make a speech and you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm a bad person. Okay, well, great. That was an awesome speech. Thanks for making everyone feel bad. Right. This was just like, I'm going to take art and I'm going to make people go WTF. And she did. Okay. She did. Yeah. To, to your point, Bradley, if people are interested in it, um, check out that article in the New York Times. It really is interesting to, to learn more about what exactly she was trying to do. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have some Oscar-related D-bags. Actually, just one oh. big Oscar-related D-bag after this on My Talk 1071. We'd love to tell you about when celebrities behave badly on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And when hey. we talk about celebrities behaving badly... We uh, call them a name. Do you remember the name, Bradley? D-Bird! And it's the Oscar edition. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Okay, so at the very, very end of the telecast, the very, very last, last, last uh, award that is presented is Best Picture. Yeah. By the time we get there, it's been a very long telecast. Mm-hmm. Last night, we had gone fully, I think, 20-some minutes over. And so when they uh, gave the award to Parasite for Best Picture, a historical moment, uh, they decided about halfway through the speeches that they were done with them. 
And so they started to dim the lights so that the recipients of the award could not continue. Do we have the audio of that moment? Oh, I forgot to make note of that. It's on the prep service. So what happens is, Boon Jung, uh, Jung oh, help with the Bong name. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho, thank you. Is, gives his part of the speech. And then other people are going to also give speech. And they shut him down. What did they just done? Allowed Joaquin Phoenix and Renee Zellweger yeah, to talk so, for hours. To your point, everybody else had more than enough time to talk. And I think I actually need to double back and check because the woman who spoke um, at the beginning, I didn't know who that woman was because it wasn't Bong Joon-ho. He might have spoken after her, but this particular woman must have been either a producer or somebody behind the film. So the entire cast is on the stage. Mm-hmm. And it's the crowning achievement. It is the moment that everybody's been waiting for. There's a reason we're all sitting on the couch with bated breath. There has been incredible momentum behind this film. And then an historic occasion, the first non-English speaking film wins Best Picture. And they cut the woman off, one of the actresses, as she's about to speak. Um, After, to your point, um, you know, both Joaquin Phoenix... And uh, Renee Zellweger Zellweger went on and on and on as one person for one award that was not particularly historic or, you know, meaningful. This was, you know, an entire film winning something, which means that there are multiple people. So you kind of just feel like they should have had the chance to get out what they wanted to get out and honor you know, this historic occasion. Yeah. The good news is the audience was not here for that. Mm-hmm. So here's what it sounded like if you were only listening to the telecast. I express my deepest gratitude and respect for all the members of the Academy for making this decision. Thank you. I really like to thank Director Pong. Thank you. Thank you for being you. And I like everything about him. His smile. Okay, I also just his love crazy that. Crazy hair. But um but uh, what but I really did love that moment where it was so clear that the entire audience was not going to allow this film to not have their moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like everybody was on their side and made sure that they got to have that entire big, huge historical moment. Yeah. I mean, again, like this is an entire movie, right? It's not just one person. So give a few people a chance to speak. Right. It doesn't just have to be one person. Yeah. Um, I mean, the movie and, you know, we could go on and on and on about the historic first. But and I already said one of them. It was the first non-English uh, film to win. And in fact, there was a moment where Jamie was like, wait a minute, didn't 
Roma win, but Roma didn't win, but Roma had been nominated, which was a first as well. Mm -hmm. There were all sorts of other firsts. Um, I will say, I just think the most exciting thing for me about this film winning last night was um, hopefully it will give people an an incentive to watch films with subtitles. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird to me that this is an issue. We talked a little bit about this on Friday. Like, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. It's just a couple of words. It's not really that distracting once you get in the habit of doing it. I think it's just something offhanded people say. You know how people say things like, I don't like seafood. Right. Like, okay, well, seafood is a big thing. Yeah. You don't like any of it? Right. Like nothing. Right. And I feel like when they say, like, I don't do subtitles, you don't, you don't, you don't read? Right. It really <laughs> is. I mean, you do, it does take a minute to get used to it, but then you're doing it and then you're, You'll make it. Don't yeah. worry. You're not. You're going to be okay. But clearly this clearly and I and I know very little about Parasite, to be fair, because partly because people who have seen it want to save the journey for the yeah. people who haven't seen yeah. it. And so I so what I know is simply that this is a, a movie worth seeing. Enough people have said to me, you have to see this movie. The story and the way it's told is a journey that that people need to go on. Right. So I don't know a lot about the movie, but it is clear to me, given how much it has been praised, that it is a story worth telling. And I hate the idea that people will not see a story that's worth telling because they are averse to Mm -hmm. reading our own language. (laughs) Like that to me feels like a problem. I just also maybe just because I and I think there's this notion that like if you know, like, oh, if you read subtitles, you're just one of those fancy people who goes to fancy movies like no it's just like words man it ain't there's nothing fancy about it a whole new world and you know bong joon ho in all the interviews that he's done since this movie has started winning awards has said like i hope this gives people encouragement to read you know something about the tyranny of like an inch and a half of text right like so if that's the barrier it's not a barrier you're just that's an excuse Mm -hmm. and i guarantee you like i don't got no fancy film skills I just like a good movie and I would tell you, and in fact, I do want to say, and I think this is important for people to hear if you haven't seen uh, Parasite, because now I imagine there are a lot of people who are like, it won an Oscar. I have to see this film. It's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might think so, but we just heard from my partner who was like, not didn't think it was worth best picture. Um, I think best picture is a, is a total created thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think all the awards are created. Right. Yeah, exactly. So insofar as they're all created, the fact that this really good film that has some important firsts behind it, one that just that's icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that this film, you will watch it and you will like it and you will understand why it was best picture and Mm -hmm. you will leave that theater and you will be like, yes, it had to win best picture. Mm -hmm. No, but when you go see it, you are, I guarantee, going to be in for like a fun roller coaster ride of a movie. It is not what I expected when I walked in. And that's, you know, insofar as any film gets your attention, I think to me that was the thing that made it worth it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people won't, you know, let the fact that they occasionally have to look down at the bottom of the screen keep them from seeing it. Well, and again, you will get used to it. You will get yeah. used to the fact that you're having to read the subtitles. It's I mean, okay. Assuming you read on a regular basis, I don't feel like. Can I also just take a moment to give like a supplemental D bag to 
um, Joaquin Phoenix for going on so long. <laughs> well, can we just talk about what he did? Yes. Because I'm in a place now where I'm, I think we're, you know. Comfortable. <sighs> Say it. It's dumb. <laughs> I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion in their moment. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like Joaquin Phoenix has ever been starved for his moment. Right. I don't mind when celebrities speak a truth. Uh, what I do mind is like, I'm, you know, I, what I felt like Joaquin Phoenix has been doing at, at all these awards is this is not the first time he took right. his award uh, win to make a very long speech and meaningfully so for some people in like his BAFTA speech about, you know, racism and in, in the movie industry. All of those things are great. But I kind of feel like Joaquin Phoenix is not uh, Joaquin Phoenix is not a person who is ever going to have to look very hard to find a place where people will listen to him. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other people who I'd rather hear from who are, and they include, for example, like you know when the the little known awards people win. I always love watching their speeches, like mm-hmm. the the sound design people or the makeup people or the production. The because behind the scenes people because they never get heard. Yeah, theirs is not a voice that we hear very often. We've been hearing Joaquin Phoenix's voice for a long time, not just during this award season. He is not somebody who does not have a platform. And there was something about using that moment, knowing that they weren't going to play him off because he just won Best Actor to like hold us hostage with his thoughts. Yeah. And I thought. And it sort of went off the rails a couple times for me. And it reminded me of that Ricky Gervais um, moment during the Golden Globes where he literally was like, just come up here, get your dumb award, say thank you to a couple people because nobody actually wants to hear your stupid political opinions. Yeah. And, you know, he said it in kind of an abrasive way, but I was feeling that last night with Joaquin Phoenix. I thought, dude, no, just... Like, say thank you to the people. This is an award for your acting, not for your superior vision for the world. It's true. I will say, though, nothing is black and white. And Mm -hmm. there are people who can take those moments and really make us think in a way that we didn't. And I I don't want people to feel like they can't do that. I just don't think that person is one of the most privileged people on that stage. Right. Right. It's Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is not probably the one. I mean, and and then you had like Renee Zellweger who was trying to do sort of a more personal, you know, form of that. But even that was, I was like, what girl, why are we doing this Wrap right it now? Up, nobody, nobody, you don't need to imagine what Judy Garland, I mean, I don't know. It was well, I weird. Feel, and I feel like that one went on too long as well. well she, I think she also forgot what she was going to say yeah. halfway through and then just couldn't. It, which is unfortunate, super unfortunate because that's her big moment. And now all we will remember is the time she could barely coherently put together three or four sentences. Yeah. But there is something noble about trying to do what she, I think, was trying to do, which is saying, like, I accept this award for playing somebody who had a really significant part in this industry that never got this award. Yeah, absolutely. But there's an artful and shorter way to do that. Without, point, without all the ums. Did you notice how many ums? See, I and I didn't like want that pick, happened when she lost her place. I didn't want to pick on her because I hate when people needle other people for their speech. But like, like, um, that that's a moment you don't need to um because you should have known 
that you were going to be doing that. But to your point, I get that. I feel like she was really just trying to, you know, it was like those ums were life preservers. Right. As Absolutely. She was drowning. But she, she was not, she should not have been speaking extemporaneously. Yeah. Which is, by the way, what we do for three hours a day. So please don't add us with your, you say like too much emails. Okay. We'll be back after this on the Colleen and Bradley show. <laughs> um, We're going to solve some uh, mysteries about the Oscars telecast. Did you wake up this morning and have some uh, questions? Well, we're going to answer the frequently asked questions after this on My Talk 1071. Well, maybe you woke up this morning after watching the Oscars last night, and maybe you had some questions about some things that went on. Uh, you're not alone. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And I think one of the biggest FAQ or frequently asked questions regarding last night's. Uh, Oscars telecast was what the heck was Eminem doing performing Lose Yourself on the Oscars last night? Were, did you did that throw you all the way off, Bradley? I like mean, it did me? so far as I I didn't see the direct connection. I was like, well, he must have won at some point, or he must there must be some Oscars connection. But to your point, no, I had no idea what the actual connection was. And I did realize that people were like, oh, we're in, we're doing a concert now? Okay. Okay, so first of all, let's start with the fact that there was a montage that preceded it that seemed to kind of talk about or at least try to uh, illustrate how important the original music is to different movies. Yeah. So there was a montage of many movies. It started with 8 Mile, or at least 8 Mile was featured, and then a number of other movies were featured as well. And then it circled back to at the end to the movie Eight Mile. And I re- and I thought in that moment, I thought, this is weird. We already looked at Eight Mile. Why are they doing Eight Mile again? And then you hear that famous open to lose yourself. And I looked at my husband and I said, oh my gosh, Eminem is about to perform. And sure enough, there he was. We tried to get the kids in because the kids are into Eminem these days. Do you know this? No. Seriously, my 13 and my 10-year-olds are obsessed with Eminem. Well, you could see a lot of people were bebopping around in the audience. So the only thing that we... There's only there's really only one reason we can see for this, which was uh, apparently that song, Lose Yourself, did win an, uh, a, an Oscar 17 years ago. And apparently Eminem did not go to the that so this was sort award of ceremony. an opportunity for him to like you know show up i guess but that wasn't clear so i guess my point is in your frequently asked questions why was eminem on the oscars telecast we are still saying <laughs> we're not entirely sure yeah. but that is that i mean he did tweet about it yesterday uh eminem did basically saying like you know thank you i wasn't able to show up the first time here i am but we also heard in our blind items that perhaps this was a string that was pulled by one Elton John mm-hmm. to get Eminem on stage. You, you know, like a lot of the things that go on, I, I feel like sometimes because we pay attention to things so closely, that presumes that there is some rhyme or reason. And I imagine a lot of what's going on with the the Oscars telecast is truly 
op- op- opportunities. And sometimes those opportunities present themselves and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they remove themselves and other opportunities need to be. There are holes that right. pop up and they're like, well, who can we have fix this hole? There is no sort of overarching story or narrative mm-hmm. that follows the the telecast. Right. Right. In the traditional sense. So oftentimes I think we're just going to be left wondering, oh, I wonder, and short of perhaps like a, you know, a a debrief like athletes do after, you know, a game, if the producers were to come out and be like, well, yeah, we were going to do this and then we couldn't at the last minute. And so then we asked, you know, Mr. Mathers. Yeah, we might not get any of that. So maybe we just accept that we got to, I love that song. It, It is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I was excited about it and I was equally excited at some of the audience reactions that we got as a result. Like Adina Menzel's very confused look. Bebopping. There was a lot of bebopping. There was a lot of dressed up people with no rhythm yeah. trying to get into it, trying mm-hmm. to lose theirself in the music, <laughs> the moment. Mm-hmm. Another frequently asked question, what was it exactly that Ray Romano said when he um, was presenting alongside Sandra Oh that got bleeped? Do you remember that? Yeah. And can I ask, because I haven't read what mm-hmm. he actually said. Did it was it something about like Al Pacino get in the bleeping car or something? Yep. So basically, so similar. Um, so they were presenting the Academy Award for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and uh, Ray Romano was sharing his experience on the set of The Irishman, and he said, "I would just sit there and be amazed." And then Pesci would come in and say, "Get the bleep out of my chair," and Sandra O, oh, of course, said, "I think they're going to bleep that." Not everything is Netflix, Ray. Um, so, but the thing, the the unfortunate piece for those of us at home is that when there's something that's bleepable, we end up losing so much. Yeah, yeah, because it. it just kind of blanket bleeps. Yeah, and I get, I think it's adorable, right? That the celebrities, they're just like us; they drop f bombs. words, but the FCC isn't super excited about that, and so what it ends up doing to us at home is it leaves us out of the joke. So that was the joke: was that Joe Pesci would come in and say, "Get the bleep out of my chair." That's what he really said. Would you like to know one more FAQ? Yes. Uh, can we play the audio of Tom Hanks, Holly? This is uh, Tom Hanks. Pictures will open his doors on December 14th of 2020. It's going to be a very big deal. We'll see you there. And I am Spartacus. People wondering why Tom Hanks decided to throw I am Spartacus at the end of his moment at the Oscars last night. Um, that was obviously a tribute. So obvious. It's so obvious. Uh, a tribute to Kirk Douglas. Yeah. That was also an Easter egg from it his was. movie. Thank you. So, Holly, why don't you explain that? Because yeah. that's also an Easter egg from That Thing You Do. Which is a wonderful movie and everybody should see it. Tom Hanks you. directed. Yep. Exactly. The drummer always said, I am Spartacus. And people asked why. He didn't know. He just liked the way it sounded. So what's kind of cute about that is he was giving a double nod. Uh, it, it was, it's so, it's so obvious. Well, it's so Tom Hanks, right? So Tom like, Hanks is. Yeah. It's so Tom Hanks is. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Colleen and Bradley are going to fix the Oscars. Um, no, we're not going to like fix the best picture for next year. We're going to fix what went wrong with the telecast. We think we know better. We'll tell you how they should be doing things from now on after this on my talk one Oh seven one.
Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.